In today's episode, we speak once again to the amazing Chad Price. Chad is a seasoned serial entrepreneur with an impressive track record spanning over a decade. He founded Kettlebell Kings from scratch and orchestrated a remarkable three-year multi-million dollar acquisition back in November 2021. Today, it stands tall as a thriving international company making waves and esteemed income to 5,000. In 2019, Chad pivoted to another passion of his natural lifestyle products. His new company, Life Grows, uh, Grows Green, is uprooting negative stereotypes about hemp and creating new products by only using elements found in nature. He is also the author of Preparing for Battle, an amazing, amazing book. So today we're going to speak to chat about how you can prepare for battle in order to win in life. Let's speak to chat and find out. And remember, if you want to upgrade your money mindset, then click on the link www.millionairefoundations.com and watch my free training. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And today, once again, we have the wonderful, we have the charming Chad Price. Welcome, Chad. Thank you for having me. Nice to be back. Thank you, Chad, for coming back. We had such a fantastic conversation on Friday Feature. We had to have you back on my talkies. But thank you so much for coming back. But before we begin, everyone's heard your intro, Chad, but please, in your own words, tell everybody what it is that you do. So I'm a seasoned or serial entrepreneur somewhat. I graduated from Rice University and started my own company. Um, Started several companies. Actually, my most notable company, Kettlebell Kings, was acquired. And I culminated that kind of chapter of my life with a book, Preparing for Battle. And now moved on to the next chapter of my life, which is my consulting career, speaking, obviously writing. Um, then I also have a company, Life Pros Green, in which I sell natural products as well. So kind of doing a lot, quite a few things at once. Awesome. And today's topic is preparing for battle to win in life. It is sort of aligns with your book. Now, that's an interesting uh, title. Talk us through, you know, why did you choose that title, preparing for battle? I think a lot of times, you know, we are somewhat misled about the intensity of the task ahead, uh, mm-hmm. you know, especially the difficulty of the task. So entrepreneurship, especially one of those things in life that I think is one of the more challenging things most people get themselves into. And Mm -hmm. it it can be the most challenging thing that you ever participate in, to be honest. And I think it should be that way. I think it's a competitive space. I think it should be competitive. And I think we owe it to kind of one another to prepare ourselves for the difficulty or the responsibilities of going into a battle like that. And so I wrote the book to try to really give you somewhat of a time to self-reflect and think about how do you get mentally prepared for what's to come it's not going to be easy it's going to be more challenging than what you're currently doing Mm. it should be more challenging than what you're currently doing or you wouldn't kind of be going towards that kind of thing so you know I think at the end of the day when you're trying to start something that's difficult having the correct mindset Mm. gives you the best advantage and the best chance to actually see it all the way through and so that's why I chose prepare for battle I mean I definitely agree with you there but I think we had just we touched upon this topic on Friday feature where 
every business is about every day is a new challenge a new day <laughs> they say new day new devil right and if you are not mentally strong enough you will collapse under the pressure of of being a leader of a company and entrepreneurship is not the faint-hearted it comes with a lot of twist and turns and ups and downs so the title preparing for battle is very you know very you know is very um, very appropriate for in this scenario but a lot of people are not prepared for that how do you prepare for battle how would you prepare yourself how would you prepare yourself mentally for this if you've never experienced it i mean especially for those of you cuz i'm talking to those of those us who are high, you know, highly academically um you know uh, able and we've got high grades and gone to top universities and gone into corporate careers but that is a different challenge compared to running your own business. How does someone who has always been successful, got the top grades, got to the top jobs and is in, you know, doing well in the corporate career, transition over into a life which is very unstable, a new challenge every day, and it literally is a battle at sometimes every single day? How do we mentally prepare for that? Well, I mean, I think that, that comes in kind of how you choose to live day to day you know Mm -hmm. I think you can practice that on a regular basis and most people just don't put themselves in that mindset to be kind of at practice on a regular basis Mm -hmm. so you know I can find myself not being or living up to my own ideals of what I think I should be doing whether that's how I react to situations how I you know how emotionally intelligent I am going into a, a circumstance so you know there are so many opportunities throughout our day-to-day lives for our, for us to practice being leaders, for us to practice being motivators, uh, you know, staying positive, not letting negativity bring us down. And very similar to a, a physical workout, you know, your mind has to be toughened and strengthened so that you are able to do more than you currently think you are supposed to be able to do. So if you're, you know, in an employee position, yeah. the ownership role requires you to lift more weight. It requires you to, to, to carry a heavier load, to move faster, to be stronger than you currently are. And you can do that from the employee position, but you have to think about it on a regular basis. You have to go above and beyond, you know, trading time for money. It's not Mm -hmm. about that anymore. It's about, are you actually a better person than you were a month ago, six months ago, a year ago? And when you start looking at life like that, I think it becomes natural where leadership roles are presented to you because people can see that in you. Um, as well as you want those roles because you can see how effective you are and how you can make the entire operation run more smoothly. So, you know, I I don't think you should go from, you know, let's say just kind of a a low level worker to straight to the CEO. I think you should try to find experiences that let you run small teams that allow you to get these opportunities to, to actually perform in these roles because you're going to have to run those types of teams when you lead. So, I would try to put myself in those positions. You know, when I was 22 years old, 23 years old, I was on a construction site as the project manager. So, Mm. you know, I'm over 50 people that are older than me uh, and some younger than me, but I'm usually one of the younger guys out there, but I want that role. Like that's the, that's the role that I apply my uh, everything, my intellect, my, my passion to in if you saw me in that role, you would think I wanted to be a construction person for the rest of my life, just because mm-hmm. I'm trying to grow in everything that I'm doing. I think a lot of people, they get confused in thinking that their job is just a job and it's not an opportunity for them to actually develop the skills needed for entrepreneurship right. or leadership or whatever that is. And it, it is a kind of a, a practice field for you to hone those skills. 100%. Let's talk through your journey. So you were a corporate employee at one point and you're rising through the ranks. So talk us through 
Where were you in your corporate journey when you made the decision of, no, I'm going to become my own business? And then what, you know, how did you transition over? Well, I mean, I think I'm just like a lot of people. You, you, when you start, when you graduate college, you're looking for a corporate job. Your first job is usually not paying you what you expected to get from your college degree, blah, blah, blah. You know, you go through that same kind of um, rude awakening that every mm. adult has to go through when you get into the job world or the job force. For me, it was no different. You know, I got into construction, really loved it, kept working my way up in construction until I was a project manager there, tried to transition that project manager role directly to like an oil and gas project manager role. But Mm -hmm. my age and experience didn't necessarily overlap with oil and gas. And so I ended up getting a different job in oil and gas and working my way kind of up the ladder toward that role. During that journey, I was in operations, um, really doing let's say the operational on the operational teams for, you know, moving gas from place to place. And it was actually a, a job that, you know, you could, you got orders and things got done. Um, as I grew inside of that company, I kind of gotten promoted to a more corporate role, which was outside of operations, you know, kind of overseeing things. Mm-hmm. And if I'm being frank, I didn't like it at all. It was, you know, it was a lot of politics. It was a lot of, as usually, as usually the case in, in most corporate organizations, Ex- unfortunately. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It was no fault of the company I was working for. It's like this is most companies. But mm-hmm. going through that experience really showed me like, hey, this is not the position I would place myself if I had a yeah. choice. You know, if I had a choice, I would go back to operations because we get things done. And I like getting things done. And even when, you know, I was there, I knew, OK, I, this is something I need to learn. I need to understand because I I see the purpose for some of these these roles outside the office and the need for this in in an organization like this. So Mm -hmm. I will have to either hire or work with people like this in the future if I want to do things like that. So it really just taught me that. But it also showed me that if I wanted to do that, I could always do that. You know, I know I I, I feel very confident in my own skill sets and the things that I've been able to achieve in my life. So uh, if I want to go back to corporate America and dedicate 20 years there, I knew I always could 30 years there. It, mm. To me, that wasn't a hard decision to make. That was kind of like an option B, if you will. Right. But if I wanted to start my own company, I knew I would have to really dedicate some time to it. And, and it would kind of be a now or never type of deal. So after doing working in that, you know, quote unquote, good corporate America job for about three years, I decided that this is not, you know, this is not what I want to do long-term and I want to take mm. my shot. So I got two partners um, together and that, that was literally me reaching out to people who had spoken to me before about potentially wanting to start a company. Didn't even know what type of company we wanted to start. My biggest goal was just to get people committed to the idea of starting a company and that being a serious venture. So, you know, I wanted everyone to put up $10,000 into an account and then we'd have regular meetings and we'd start kind of mapping out some strategic plan for starting a company. And, and that's how everything started for me was, you know, let's all put our savings that we have that we save from our quote unquote corporate jobs into an account and then create some type of uh, council that can make decisions about starting a company. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I knew if I quit my job, I wasn't going to have any income. So I looked up, okay, well, what are, what are businesses that I can start that actually have positive cash flow early that can generate revenue, you know, quicker and nail salons became became that option for me. So my girlfriend, it was coincidentally a also a very creative nail artist. And mm. she didn't she wasn't doing it at the time, but 
she just had that skill set. So while she went and got her license to do nails, I started doing construction on the salon and it all came together at the same time. And uh, we now we look, look back at it in its history. Wonderful. Um, so when you were transitioning over, you didn't have a you didn't have an exit plan. You didn't think, OK, so I want to leave my corporate job. I should have an exit plan of one or two years, put savings on the side. You just took the plunge. I, I knew before I took, let's say, the last, I took two corporate jobs outside of operations. Before I mm. took the last one, I knew it was a possibility. So I was thinking about it, right. um, you know, and that, that, you know, that may have been six months, eight months before I actually, before I actually got out of there. But, but yeah, I mean, I knew I would have to take the jump. And to me, taking the jump, it was also kind of an act of inspiration for the team that I built as well. So, you know, I think there were several incidences or several key points along the journey of starting, especially in my most notable company, Kettlebell Kings, that galvanized us as a team to really push and put energy into the, the brand itself. And, it, and that definitely was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I remember my partners being like, oh, this is serious now. This is, Chad quit his job today. This is something that, you know, we're not taking lightly. And I wanted that. Like, I, I needed that, like, kind of life or death level of intensity mm-hmm. because that's, you know, that's the level at which I was attacking it. And we had several of those along the way. And I think those types of situations is what really kind of make, made the, the company grow. Uh, if I would have kept my corporate job, my partner probably would have kept, he ended up leaving his corporate job about six months later. Okay. Um, and he realized he had to, he realized like, okay, I'm not able to give what Chad's able to give because mm. I'm, I'm over here basically giving the best of me to this place. Who yeah. I know I don't want to be there long-term. So he had to kind of do what you're saying is put an exit plan in place, put money aside, whatever yeah. that takes uh, to, to do that. But him seeing me do that, my other partner seeing me do that, just it really, it really sent the message like, hey, this is something that we don't, you know, we don't play around with and we're taking seriously and going to really grow this thing. Wonderful. I think it's it's important for people to understand whether you have an exit plan. I always, by the way, I always recommend an exit plan. Um, I did it without exit plan, so I, I normally take the plunge. I just I just go with it, uh, sink or swim either way. But I think for for mental health reasons, <laughs> for some reasons, I think it's best to have a plan in motion, and an exit plan is great. But either way, you have to take the plunge. I know people yep. can think and procrastinate for years on end, and they haven't they so called have an exit plan which goes into next year and the year and the year and the year, and it's, they're not really serious about it. And the next thing you know, um, the you know, 20 years have gone by and you haven't gone to what you needed to do. But whether you have an exit plan of a year or two years or even five years, because if you've got family and they, they have certain lifestyle and you don't want to disrupt their lifestyle, then it has to be a longer, a, a longer plan. But you need to be, make a commitment to it. And it happens, this commitment has to come in all areas of life. I think that's why I love the title, Preparing for Battle, because every aspect will be a battle. Now, I know I don't want to be living in UK long term. I was born in UK and I grew up in, you know, I was born in Manchester. I grew up in London most of my life. But I know I don't want to be here. So, you know, what, I've got a, a kid who's in, um, you know, in high school and a daughter who's currently in, in um, you know, in, in um, sixth form and going into degree. So I had to mentally think, OK, exit plan. When I'm leaving, what can I do? And I, so it's it's six to eight years ahead, but I've already got planning motion. Okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is what happens to here. This is what's going to happen in the business. So I think if you mentally commit to something, you can always work backwards to what you need to do now in order for you to achieve your, you know, whatever goal it is, five years, four years, 10 years down the line. Most people lack that foresight. They lack that commitment. 
they would say one day and one day never comes. What's your advice to someone who lacks that commitment? They say, I want to do it, but not yet. Let the children go up. I mean, I know I've got a, I've got a child who's 12. There's no, there's no way I'm leaving the country until he's 18. No way. Right. But that doesn't mean that I, I don't start thinking now and I think, okay, where do I want to move to? What do I want to do? What want to do with multiple businesses? How am I going to, am I going to sell them? Am I going to exit them? What am I going to do? But I've, I'm already thinking, I'm already preparing for the battle, as you say. What advice would you have for someone who does think like that, who's thinking, yeah, I cross that bridge when I come to it. I really want to, but I really would love to, but I can't at the moment. I've got too much going on. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. I think when we become adults, we really lose the ability to chart out, let's say, um, a strategy or a system that allows for us to grow in a lot of the other aspects besides, let's say, physical fitness. Physical fitness is a lot easier. You can go get a program, you follow the program, you get stronger, better shape. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that really exists as much for um, starting your own business, you know, becoming more mature, becoming a better parent, whatever that is. Mm. What are the practices and then what are the games? And then how do you get better at each kind of step of the way? And I'm so used to that from sports that I kind of set that up for myself. So a game to me would be like a huge event or something that you can't really get away from. And then you have to go to, you have to go to war with the army that you have. There's no, mm-hmm. um, not going to war, not going that day. You're, we're going to war even yeah. if we lose. And I've always had that mindset to where I'm trying to create situations of deadlines and situations where, Hey, this is important. And we're going to go throw everything at it today. And even if we lose, we're going to go throw everything at it. We're not going to just sit back and not do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, that would look like giving myself a hard deadline deadline when I'm going to quit this job. Right. Yes. I, yes. I'm going to put a plan in place, but the deadline's the deadline. I don't, I don't get to move the deadline because yeah. of my feelings of uncomfortability. Um, that's, you know, if that was the case, there would have been a lot of football games. that I would say, Hey, can we actually go practice a few more days? Because, you know, <laughs> not feeling so good right now and you don't you don't get to do no. that it's, it's game time right and mm. I'm used to doing that and I'm used to putting putting that pressure on myself so that's exactly right. what I did I was like you know um I know we want to do this when we get to this point I'm going to put in my two weeks notice and mm-hmm. every is everybody understanding what's what's going on here and everyone's clear about it and that's the that's the deadline so I would not just do that about my career but about uh, pulling the trigger on a sales initiative or hiring a vendor or whatever that may be, there's always a decision that needs to be made and a yeah. commitment that needs to be made to that decision. And you can use those times to get better if you really commit. And it's, a, it's, it's hard, you know, it's hard to put your, um, your family at risk, your revenue stream at risk. It's hard to do all those things, but there's no other way. So, you know, that jump that you're referring to, it's, it's the only way if you're not, if you haven't jumped, you're not gonna, you're not gonna generate enough velocity for success. So you're literally going to be stagnant and not growing fast enough. Whereas the person that jumped, yes, they may feel scary the first few months, but once you get to the, used to the speed and the acceleration required to really grow, Mm -hmm. you're going to understand like, Hey, I had to jump and jumping was the best thing that I've ever done because now I'm in it at the pace that I need to be running instead of kind of still, you know, 
straddling the fence, if you will. Yeah, yeah, completely makes sense to me. I, I think a lot of people are so emotionally um, scared of you know what will happen, and I think I think it's usually the either fear of success or fear of failure. One is usually one or the other, and most people think it's fear of failure. I think it's failure. Fear of success is equally um, to blame as much as um, fear of failure. And then we we take our, we base our decisions on on those emotions, and then we logically come back to oh, but it's not the right time and whatever else. So we find excuses to justify actions based on our emotional decisions, and that's what I've, I've seen across the board. I think you sometimes have to go beyond your emotions and have to you know have the obviously you normally have the fear anyway, have the fear, face your fear, and take the decision and take the plunge anyway. Otherwise, you never get moving, and here's another question for you so a lot of people say well yeah i would love to do this but i don't have you know my partner's on board or my what will my family think what will my parents think and i've never had anyone support for whenever i went decision ever like, whenever i made anything decisions at all i mean i remember when i wanted to do the the new york bar exam so i i, I got my degree here before i took the english bar exam so I, I took the new york bar exam and they thought why are you doing this you know do you want to move to new york i'm not I don't know, maybe who knows right yeah. um and I, I and i paid money and whatever else and i didn't know my, no one paid but i paid for it myself but even then it was it was like what the hell's wrong with you right and i did it and then starting my business my i remember my father and my brother were dead against it you're a lawyer you're a lawyer in three jurisdictions why are you after all this education why do you want to do this and i'm doing it <laughs> and now when i changed from from coaching because my as a coach i've been very successful and then i had i went into other businesses same question my brother said well you're so successful as a coach why are you going to business like because i want to i yeah. i never listen so i'm known for that now uh you know she's never gonna listen or she doesn't what, what she's a bit stubborn how you know what kind of support did you get from people around you when you made the decision to go leave your corporate career and go in and take the plunge and go into business most families unless they're from the business background do not support the decision so how let me ask for your father how was your you know your military father who's used to a certain lifestyle how did he support you in your decision I mean, you you kind of hit the nail on the head when you, the, your experience is similar to mine. Is you you never get support really, and not not the support that you want. You know, no. not the support that's going to give you. The well, security. I think they're supporting you in, in their own way. They're trying to yeah, protect you. Yeah, of course, you. of course, and and uh, and that's what I mean. So I I, yeah. I I say I didn't get the support, but I know my father wants me to be successful. So yeah. leave me and don't, don't confuse the two. Yes. But he doesn't. He's not going, and he shouldn't be able to see my vision because my vision doesn't exist, and it's not the journey that that he lived. So yes. You know, his level of risk is not the same as mine. The the his risk assessment is definitely not the same as mine. So or risk tolerance as well. Yeah. Risk to, risk tolerance, but even how he sees how risky the things I'm doing, hmm. I might not see them as that risky because I am cap- more capable at that yeah. certain thing. So, you know, you take football, for example. Of course, someone would say it's risky to go out there and tackle 250 pound, 250 pound people. But I've been training for this and I'm yeah. good at it. So it's not as risky for me. It's risky, but it's not as risky for me. Yeah. And I think you can take calculated that... risks. Exactly. And only you can only you can decide what that calculation is, because nobody else can can assess for you can calculate on your behalf. It has to be calculated. So I always say, I always say calculated, but you have to do the calculation. You cannot rely on other people's assessments. A thousand percent. And I think that's where the self-awareness comes in. And yeah. to me. I am always trying to test myself in that way. So every day at work, I'm testing myself with these quote unquote calculated risks. 
I'm giving myself more responsibilities, whether you give them to me or not, because mm. I want to know for myself, can I handle more? Can I do more? Mm. Uh, I'm trying to improve on the amount of decisions I can make in a day, the better, the, 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 you know, the, the better decisions I can make per day. Um, I'm literally thinking about every single day of my life. How do I get to be a little bit better than I was the day before? And mm. that just makes everything easier for me, even when people don't believe. So you know, when I was starting a kettlebell company is every single person, when I would say, oh, I'm starting a kettlebell company, they'd be like, oh, where are you guys at? And I'd say, well, we don't have a physical location. How are you going to start a kettlebell company with no mm-hmm. location? I'm just like, okay, here we go again. And to me, that inspires me. I'm like, you, you don't understand it. Okay, cool. That means mm-hmm. I have something like I, that means I know I have something that yeah. you don't understand. And a lot of people can get demoralized with that. And I think it's because you haven't been through enough. I think you haven't, you haven't heard no enough. You know, I think sales jobs help people quite a bit. Uh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> that builds thick skin. Yeah, if you have not had a sales job and you're trying to get an entrepreneurship, just go get one. Get an outdoor sales job so you can understand what no means. And yeah. you can understand no is just an, an option. It's a, it's, it's a, it's, it doesn't mean that that's the end of the world. It means to move on to the next more than yeah. anything. And, and for me, that kind of stuff, like knows people not understanding it's just it, I expect that I don't have a good idea if everyone's like yeah that's that's great you know uh, I, I don't I don't feel like that's something that's going to be that value yeah somebody would have already been doing it already is how I look at it yeah exactly I mean and also just who you are as a person so one of my companies at the moment has been completely different I've got property companies and whatever else I have but one of them my recent acquisitions has been uh, in the manufacturing and um and it's a completely male dominated area it's funny my company I am the I'm the owner and I'm the only female in the entire company um uh, <laughs> so there's it's full of men and, and I mean I, I'm quite blessed that the, the people I work with are amazing and my team is amazing and but it's just but even even I you know because everyone, everyone said to me you're gonna be the only girl there I'm like yeah um <laughs> and it made me think oh shoot <laughs> I've worked with men but not when I'm the only only female there but yeah. I thought you know what I'll learn I'll see how it is and it's the energy I've gone with you know we're part of a team and I honestly don't even think about it half the time we work as a team it's a team the fact that the men and not women doesn't make a difference to me yeah. and we all work very well together but it was again you know you're a girl yeah you're in manufacturing yeah what experience do you have managed you none <laughs> what do i need any <laughs> i learn on the job yeah. Uh, yeah i remember my my brother thought i was nuts he he, he honestly he blessed his little soul he's just he was looking out for me he really tried his best to discourage me and someone else one of my business ventures as well he too was like girl i'm not really sure this is the right sector for you i'm like <laughs> Well, I'm gone right now. But what experience do you have? Uh, zero. Um, what do I need experience for? I'll learn on the job. Um, and now, and I'm that it's going well. It just proves, you know, I had, I don't, it's not, and I love the book. You read the book, The Who, Not the How. And I, I thought, okay, I don't need to know how to do this. I just need to know who to speak to in order to be able to yeah. do this. So it's always the who, not the how. I love that book. And I, and I went in with that mindset. And yes, I still don't know the manufacturing internet. I don't need to know. The team knows that's enough. I know the business side and the marketing and whatever else. And that's what I'm doing. And so it works for me, but I made it work for me. And I made it, you know, fit into what I what I was good at. So instead of me trying to learn everything else, I focused on my zone of genius. And, you know, and that's how the company is growing. And we're doing pretty well, alhamdulillah. But if I had listened to all the naysayers, even those people you expect to be supporting you, I would not be here. I wouldn't do. I wouldn't hit the plunge, but uh, but I I think 
well, six months to 12 months down the line when they see what I've done with the company, what I have achieved, then I'll get the pat on the back. Well done. Congratulations. You've done fabulously. But then you just take that with a pinch of salt too, because you know that you, <laughs> you have to have the belief in yourself, not anybody else. So I always think, how do you deal with that? So in my line, I've always kept myself very grounded. I don't need someone to praise me, to tell me how wonderful I am. At the same time, I don't let people's negative comments about me bring me down. I'm right, really centered. I don't need you to praise me. I don't need you to bring me down. I'm going to praise myself and I'm going to be my own confidant and I'll, I'll be my own biggest cheerleader if need be. How do you deal with that? Because I think that's a quality that's very important in an entrepreneur because there's no one going to be there to cheer, you know, be cheering you along unless you have a you know, very supportive partner. And there's, and there's no people you know, who, who are going to understand your journey. How do you deal with that? Well, I think, you know, I go go back to sports again with this kind of analogy. And the way I deal with this, you know, I, I don't expect anyone to really kind of cheer me on until after we won the game. So, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. that's wonderful. Yes. You know, if, if we haven't won anything, to me, there's nothing to cheer about. Mm. And I just need to go back and get better. So I find it a lot easier when, you know, it's almost like people are cheering about my past somewhat. And I'm, I'm always trying to do the next thing. So, yeah you're cheering about what I accomplished two weeks ago, I'm already on the next game. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm already thinking about the next huge challenge and how I'm going to tackle that. Some of these challenges I lose and people don't see the losses. You know, people don't cheer for the losses. You kind of, you know, suffer in silence a lot of time with your losses and you go home and you lick your wounds and you get better. And yeah. I like, I like that part of it. So, you know, it, it's, when I see people cheer, you know, I'm like, you, you have no idea how many wounds it took for me to get there, but still, you know, cheer for me now is, is, is totally fine. And I'm so used to that because I've been a, a, a player and I've, you know, I've, I've always understood you know, linemen, for example, do not get appreciation. They don't get cheers in football. Um, you know, you're, you go and you block the whole game for the quarterback and the quarterback gets all the credit. Right, yeah. but, but you understand. And when we win the national championship, win the state championship, you'll get, you'll get your cheers. You'll get your pat on the back. And, I, and that's just the way I've always looked at it. Like um, the people in the stands are always going to be the, the harsh, skeptical, you know, critics of whatever you do. And the only way to, to have them cheer us to win. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that answer. I think that's a brilliant metaphor. In sports as well, you only get cheered once you've won the game and that's the game it is in life. But you, like you said, and I agree with you, by the time people are praising you or cheering you on, you've moved on to the next part. Especially if you're a true entrepreneur, you have moved on to the next thing. And that's the only way you can go. I think you can carry on growing. Otherwise, you will get bored. So when people were congratulating me about the company, I was already thinking, okay, how do I turn around? How do I make? How do we double the revenue? How would you do this? And how? Because I'm already on to the next task. Okay, buying is one thing. Let me go on to the next task and let me carry on. And then once that's in place, I'll be looking at buying more and more and more and growing. You know, my group of companies as I, as I plan to. But it's it's I'm already on the next part. By the time you're praising me for what I've achieved just now. Yeah, and therefore exactly. you know your, your praises are yeah thank you so much it's very kind of you not not disrespecting it but it's not necessary for me to go forward yeah I've already gone yeah I'm already on the next step so. exactly I love that <laughs> I love that all right on that now we're gonna wrap this up I want to give you just a brief statement going back to the title of today's episode which is preparing for a battle to win in life so you know, give us a quick summary of why you need to prepare, you know, prepare for battle in order to win in life. Well, you know, you know, like I spoke about earlier, I think when you graduate high school, there's kind of a, a change that has to happen in your in your mindset. And I say mm -hmm. high school because most people that, you know, that is their their last form of education. 
Um, but even when you graduate college, whatever it is, when you finish your formal education, I think if you want to challenge, if you want to challenge yourself, if you want to take on something that is more difficult than what you're currently doing, you want to bring in more revenue than what you currently have, it's going to be a battle. And that battle is going to mostly be inside of yourself, uh, yeah. mentally getting yourself ready to tackle new challenges, harder challenges to, you know, I, I use the metaphor of being able to hold more weight and responsibility in life, because that is where the revenue is. You know, the, the people that you're envious of, or that you see in the leadership positions, you want those people to actually be better than you. You want those people to be um, true leaders and you have to become one of those people. So yeah. I, I try to, you know, in my book, I try to give you at least some points of my life in which I could self-reflect and, and think about how I use these things to become a better leader. Um, and, you know, I think everyone has their own journey that they can reference and, and utilize to kind of hone themselves into the leader that you are. I don't think you have to lead in the exact way that I would, you know, some people lead with kindness, some people lead with a stick, but I think you do need to understand that there's a responsibility to doing that and that there's a level of intensity of leading people into something that's difficult and bringing them out the other side that I would consider as, you know, as a battle. Wonderful. So tell us, um, Chad, you know, how can we connect with you? Where can we find you on the internet? I'm everywhere on the internet, um, social media, real Chad Price. You can also find me on LinkedIn, Chad Price. Uh, also have my website, chadprice.com, where you can find out more information about me, uh, contact me, check out my book, Preparing for Battle. It's on Amazon. The link's on my website as well. Uh, but yeah, you can find me everywhere online. Wonderful. So if you are listening to on the podcast, then the, the links to Chad will be in the show notes. And if you're watching on YouTube, down below in the description section, we'll have all the links for him as well. Go check him out. And I highly, highly recommend his book. I will be, is it on, oh, by the way, is your book on Audible as well? Uh, it is not on Audible yet. It will be shortly. Uh, I, I have released it last month. So right now I'm trying to give it a run on Amazon, seeing if I want to make any final changes before I make the uh, the audio version of it. So Fantastic. I'm, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm in the beta month right now. Wonderful. So check out his book on Amazon and when he comes out Audible, check it out on Audible too. And But do check out, see how he can help you. Well, thank you so much for our conversation today, Chad. It's been insightful and it seems that we're very much aligned in our thinking. I think most entrepreneurs are when they, you know, and so I think this is why it's, a, it's such an entertaining conversation. But thank you so much for your insights. No, it was a beautiful conversation and thank you for having me today. And thank you for listening to me and Chad today. I will be back with another amazing guest finding out how you and I can build a better business. Until the next time we meet, this is Gokhan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website, www.gulkhan.com. And if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop, where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance, then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop. And if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money, then go and get my book, Laws of Money, from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Gul Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.